and welcome back to your favorite non-pornographic pastime. It's the Tennis Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Amell. I'm joined by some guy. Well, that's interesting because one of the only reasons I agreed to come back is I thought this would be a pornographic episode. It is a little bit in some ways. You'll see what I mean. But before I uh, let you take us off the rails here, I got to speak to the folks at home. Longtime listeners of the pod know that I was joined for the first 160 episodes by my fairy godfather, Brandon Kaufman. However, Brandon is on an extended break, so during this time I'm joined by a new guest sidekick host every week. Well, new in quotes, because today I'm once again joined by that cold sore that just won't seem to go away. Yep, you know who it is. It's Dr. Buster, who I've uh, known since the 8th grade. He's been on a few episodes now, and he's back to make this a slog once again. Buster, welcome back. Thank you. Love me or hate me, I am right back in the saddle and I'm ready to ride. <laughs> well, I hate you even more now after that. Excellent. I'm incredibly nervous because I have no idea what the list is going to be. I'm as prepared as one can be and that mm. means I've written numbers 1 through 10 on a piece of paper. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about being a guest on the Tennis Podcast is your prep time is literally nothing. The, the less prep time, the better. Sure, but the uh, amount of intensity leading right up to recording time is uh, um, quite high. Palpable. Palpable. Well, let me uh, quickly explain for the new folks at home. This show is I bring a list and Buster doesn't know what the list is and he's going to guess it. And sometimes Buster or my guest would bring the list. That's what happened last time Buster was on the show, episode 170. He brought me the best-selling cars of all time. But today I brought the list. It might make you hungry, Buster. Uh-oh. This is my forte if we're going in t- down the avenue of food and consumption materials, nutrients. You're saying the magic words today. Well, l- let, me, let me cue this up. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you're not a vegetarian already, you might be after this episode, so you're welcome in advance. Back on episode 156, myself and Brandon covered the top 10 most consumed foods worldwide. And it was a list of mostly grains, vegetables, stuff like that. But today we're looking at the complete other side. What do I mean by that, Buster, if you had to guess? What's the other side of the ledger when it comes to what I just said? Grains, vegetables, I'm going to say maybe the top 10 most consumed meats. Meats. Oh, God, I'm just getting, <laughs> getting sweaty just thinking about all the meat we're going to be talking about today. I'm about to swim in an Arby's commercial for 60 minutes. <laughs> We have the meat. Today's sponsor, Arby's. <laughs> you know, of all the Arby's commercials and like creative directions they've taken over the years, I really do miss the oven mitt. You remember him? I had forgotten it until just now. Yeah. It was back when we were probably, you know, young teenagers around that time. Saw a lot of oven mitt in those Arby's commercials and I miss that guy. Isn't it strange that the Arby's marquee along the roadside through the 70s and early 80s was a massive three-story tall cowboy hat? <laughs> <laughs> to sell some yeah. roast beef. Yeah. That's uh, an interesting one. So today's, today's <laughs> list is the top 10 most consumed meats, animal meats in the world. It's based on data of human meat consumption and production from the FAO Statistical Database and the United Nations last updated in 2020. I pulled from a number of other sources too, like scienceagri.com, thecoldwire.com, statista.com. Ooh, statista. Our reliable, our most reliable friends, Wikipedia, also gave me some notes. Buster, what's your opinion on meat? Put stuff and meat in your face. What's your opinion on that? You for it? You against it? I was just sitting here thinking that when I'm deliberating the fact that I'm going to have to walk through the top 10 most consumed meats, I'm a person 
who doesn't shy away from eating a brat, a hamburger, or a steak. We know. But all of a sudden, none of that sounds very appealing. None of it sounds appealing at all when I'm about to talk about the millions or billions of pounds consumed by people. It's billions like, per year. I'm very fortunate to have already eaten dinner. Are you done interrupting? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. No, I can promise you I'm not done interrupting, but go ahead. I am very fortunate to have already eaten dinner tonight. Yeah, so because, listen. All right. Have you eaten dinner tonight? <laughs> well, listen, I know where you're going and it's a good place to go because many of us, me included, you included, we eat meat all the time, probably every day or close to it. But when even us meat eaters just take even like five seconds to think about meat and how it ends up in front of us on our plate, it's not something any of us like to talk about. And I'm not going to get into super uncomfortable territory on this episode because I know some people get really upset when you talk about that stuff. But, you know, I'll touch on it and we'll talk about how much humans love to eat animals on today's episode. (laughs) Okay, excellent. Yeah, I would say my, my most consumed meat is probably turkey. And I will say I feel a lot of guilt every time I see videos online of turkeys like cuddling their owners and (laughs) huddling up with their fellow turkeys and being super cute. And it just fills me with a lot of guilt. But then I go eat some ground turkey tacos and apparently I have some form of retrograde amnesia because I forget that guilt pretty quickly. There's a disconnect, right? There is. I'll bet that the average person, at least the average American, if they're sitting there eating a turkey sandwich and watching TV and a commercial comes on for turkey there's uh sorry there's like living animal turkeys in the commercial i'll bet it doesn't even cross that person's mind i'm eating that right now they're like oh yes it's a weird phenomenon it is but then when we interact with turkey it's totally different yeah well this list is it's a ranking based on the millions of tons of meat produced per year worldwide on average as of 2020 so this is an average annual pounds of meat produced that's the most meat produced is number one Sure. Now, any distinction I should watch out for when thinking about meats produced versus meats consumed? No, I mean, they line up pretty closely. So, don't worry about that. No. Meat produced is just the way we're measuring this, but it it comes out to mean the meat consumed. What is meat though? Our folks at home might be wondering, but Nick, Buster, what's meat? What is that shit? Is it in me? And I'm here to tell you that... (laughs) Go ahead. No, please. I would love to see where you're going with this. Is meat inside of me? If I... (laughs) The look on your fucking face. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm here to tell you what meat is. Okay. Meat is animal flesh that is eaten as food. Good Lord. And Buster, you might not know this. (laughs) I might be a vegetarian after this episode is done. (laughs) Humans have hunted and killed animals for meat since prehistoric times. And in fact, scientific evidence indicates that human ancestors began incorporating meat and marrow into their diets more than 2.6 million years ago, which you and I both know, and the Lord and Savior above know that Earth is only like four or 5,000 years old. So, this is obviously propaganda from the Church of Satan. But Yep. So, take everything from this time forward with a grain of salt. Exactly. On your steak. Humans hunted and killed animals for the purpose of eating them millions of years that's been going on. But as far as domesticating animals, which is where we start to level up our game, that began around the time of the last glacial period, or 10,000 BC, roughly, which allowed the systematic production of meat and the breeding of animals, oh baby, with a view of improving meat production. I just want to do a quick comprehension check. Nick, you do understand all the words you just read, right? 
No. Buster, do you understand that we're about to get guessing? Before you do, tell me some animals that you think are safe bets to not be in the top 10 most consumed animals. The things that are definitely not consumed a lot, I think I'm going to put Nick's penis right there on the, on the list. Not making the top 10. <sighs> I'm going to say squirrel. Some people eat squirrel, but I don't think it's on the top 10. Plenty of squirrels have eaten my penis though. <laughs> Wouldn't they be going after your nuts instead? Ah. Uh. I'm trying to think of things that might not crack the top 10, but might be close. Do you think the blobfish is in the top 10? No. If you don't know what the blobfish is, look it up. I'll put a link in the show notes for our listeners, but look up the blobfish real quick. (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) What What is this thing? It's the blobfish. Is this a real animal? Yes. Yes. The blobfish is absolutely fucking real. And yes... It can haunt your nightmares. I now understand I've married the wrong being. <laughs> this is who I should have said I do to. I, I realized the grave mistake. The thing about the blobfish is when it's put in front of you to eat it, you can actually look into its eyes and have a conversation with it even when it's sitting there. Good Lord. Because it has a very human-like face. <laughs> um, that's me when I realize I'm too late for fourth meal and Taco Bell has already closed their doors. <laughs> fourth meal. Our fucking millennial listeners might remember fourth meal. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes or no, is the blobfish in the top 10? I would think not, no. Yes or no, you have a chubby looking at the blobfish? No, because I passed that within about two seconds looking at this thing. (laughs) Oh, you've already moved on. Okay. I went past that. Your chubby has come and gone. Do you think a tarantula is in the top 10? No, but I'll wager a guess and ask, are there any insects on the top 10? No. Would you eat a tarantula, Boost? I don't know. Well, it's a yes or no question. I feel like there are a lot of things that if you ate it, they didn't tell you what it was, and then you didn't find out until afterward, you would think, oh, it's not that bad. A lot of it's really just thinking about what it was when it was alive before you eat it. Like I've had alligator before, and I would never think that it tasted like that. But it was pretty good. Yeah, me too, actually. Did you feel that way when you took a bite of human as well? Human meat? Yeah, here it's actually pretty sweet. Yeah, well, maybe we can get our friend Jeffrey on the line sometime. He can (laughs) talk to us about that. I know. Damn, I knew this was the number one comedy podcast on iTunes, and now I'm figuring (laughs) out why. That's right. And with your help, listeners, we'll get there. Leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. One last thing about the blobfish. Yeah. If you just Google blobfish, I love the comparison to different politicians. And mm-hmm. uh, some of them are not far off. <laughs> Including a very prominent recent <laughs> politician. <laughs> we'll leave yeah. it at that. But I'll tell you, I take a bite out of blobfish before I took a bite out of Trump. For sure. I got nothing. Okay, top 10 most consumed animals. Let's get to the real guessing. There will be a lot. No, 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 I do have something. There will be a lot to eat on Donald Trump's rump, though, because. Nope, should have left it alone. Should have left it alone. All right. The top three here in the top 10 are probably the top three anybody listening could guess, okay? If you were to think about three meats you eat most often, uh, at least in an American diet, and this is a worldwide list, keep in mind, but. Worldwide list, okay. So, I would save those top three for later if you can. I will. So, give me some other uh, very common but not as common as the top three guess is. Tuna. Tuna. You know? Huh. Show me tuna. This hadn't even occurred to me seriously until you just said that but there's actually no fish or sea creatures in the top 10 at all. 
No sea creatures at all in yeah, the top not, 10? No salmon. Maybe this list didn't consider them meat. Maybe they consider fish a different category. Mm. I don't know. It didn't say that, but that's the only way I can think of it not being in there. Which the distinction of pescatarian has always intrigued me. I'm not saying it's not a valid distinction, but it's a line that I like to ask people about when I encounter them. What do you say? Hey, asshole, why are you so fucking weird? Is that what you say? <laughs> no, I just, I asked their reasoning and, and asked what their distinction was between fish and other animals. So I would assume that, yeah, fish was left off this because they're not technically meat. I'm sure there's some biologists or smart scientists that's screaming right now at their steering wheel. Like, you guys are idiots. This is why they're no, not. No, they're not listening to us. That's true. What do those people say, by the way, when you ask them? Why? I the don't between... have a single one of their replies fresh in my mind. Cool. This is great content. Thank you for coming on again, Buster. <laughs> Just, I want to do a quick visual for you. Imagine the blobfish, but with big blobby tits on it. Anyway. Well, I already assumed that. I mean, you don't have to imagine that. Oh, baby. You take one look at that face and you can just imagine what the rest of its body looks like. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hot. Well, you don't even have to imagine. You can, you can see it. It's got blobs upon blobs on it. Just like Trump. I found my next search in incognito mood. I will tell you that. It has to do with blobfish. <laughs> yeah. Give me another guess. No sea creatures. Flying creatures. Any flying creatures on the top 10. I'm looking, I'm counting. So there's one. No bats. Two, two flying creatures in the top 10. No bats. Chicken of the cave. The bat. Those. Okay. So the two flying are pretty high up on the list. One of them I already mentioned, but I'm kind of saving it because I think that that's going to be high up. Give me some hints for like the bottom, the bottom brew here. Oh, there's actually three, not two flying creatures. I missed one. So. Oh, okay. So should we start over with a competent host and a good list? No, because we'll be waiting all our lives for that. I think it'll take about an hour because I'll pop up a list right now and I'll get to hosting. Oh, really? So you compile all of your hashtag busters bullets in just an hour? Wow. Good to see you put some real time and effort into this. <laughs> Buster, in the, in the last half of the top 10 is an animal that's very large. It's been eaten by people for a long time. And you can find it as kind of a more expensive option in many restaurants now. More and more. Like your everyday casual dining place. Elk? No. Bison. Bison. Buffalo. Also known as the buffalo or the bison is number eight on the top 10. The bison of the American West. Everybody wants a water buffalo. But the buffalo is number eight. It has 4.2 million tons produced each year on average. The countries that produce the most buffalo meat is India, Pakistan, and China. China. Hmm. That's very interesting to me. How so? Well, you don't tend to think of American bison being there, but I guess they're breeding them for meat consumption and not so that we can go watch them in Yellowstone, get torn in half by wolves. Well, in my notes, it said something about Padwa, P-A-D-W-A, as the best quality buffalo meat in India. So, I guess that might be different than the American buffalo. And it comes from a buffalo that is less than 24 months old. You'll, that's a theme with today's episode is a lot of the meat consumed by humans are babies, baby animals. They taste better. For the record, I'm just going to say I don't like it. I don't like it. It's unsettling and it's sad and I don't think it's very ethical. Sometimes, most of the time, and it bothers me. I'm going to flag this again for our listeners. I'm not going to go into detail in today's episode of any of the horrible ways animals are treated as they're being turned into meat. So, 
we won't be going into detail on any of that because it's depressing as fuck and most of us already know that shit. <laughs> yeah. Right? Am I wrong? We don't come for a dose of the downer reality. We come here for edutainment. Edutainment. The buffalo, the buffalo meat has a reduced fat level and its fat is milky white as opposed to the yellow white fat of beef. Mmm, is anyone else getting hungry? Which is one of the reasons for its increased consumption. Okay, I think we've already entered into disgusting territory. You promised not to take us down. <laughs> I didn't say I wouldn't get into disgusting. I said I wouldn't get into inhumane territory. I just want to make a distinction. I do think that American bison are protected because I'm sitting here looking and they're a subspecies of buffalo. So the buffalo that is on this list does not include American bison, I don't think. It does not specify, but that sounds like it might be right. Oh, you betcha. Bison was a significant resource for indigenous peoples of North America for food and raw materials until near extinction in the late 19th century. In fact, for the indigenous peoples of the plains, it was their principal food source. Native Americans highly valued their relationship with the bison and saw them as sacred, treating them respectfully to ensure their abundance and longevity. But don't worry, European settlers came over and said, nah, and they, almost exclus- they were almost exclusively accountable for the near extinction of the American bison in the 1800s. In fact, at the beginning of the century, tens of millions of bison roamed North America and pioneers and European settlers slaughtered an estimated 50 million bison during the 19th century alone. So thanks, fucking Europe. Just add that to the long laundry list of atrocities of North America's history. But I will say the bison population is rebounding so much that Yellowstone is starting to offer them up as donations. And if you pay for the relocation, you can take American bison and resettle them in other parts of the country. And I think some places like Georgia are taking them up on it. And it's kind of an exciting time for conservation. That's interesting. You couldn't, you couldn't adopt one to eat it, though, I assume, right? <laughs> I mean, I guarantee people do illegally. But no, I think they're really trying to get them to preservations and natural roaming lands as well. Because mm-hmm. they've reached a herd capacity in Yellowstone. And it's time to start limiting that population. And at first they thought, well, should we just shoot them ethically? Should we try to just kill them? And they no. thought, no, let's, let's spread them out. Yeah. So I think it's very neat. So that's the buffalo beautiful animal and that doesn't taste bad on a burger either i'll say hot take hot take do you have another guess oh man venison deer good guess but no Mm. and when i said good guess i meant bad guess it's probably too north america centric perhaps although there is an there is an animal on this list in the top 10 on a worldwide list although its consumption is almost entirely american and that's not one of the big three not the big three i was talking about Okay, I need to jump in because I'm, I'm getting desperate here. Come on, think of all the animals people eat. Mm, give me some hints. Okay, number 10 is small. It's a small animal. And it's not Nick's penis. I'll double check. Nope, my penis is definitely not one of these animals with big long ears that live <laughs> on the ground. Big long ears that live under the ground? Or they, can't, they burrow underground at times. Okay. Rabbits? Rabbit is number 10 on the list. Rabbit, number 10. You're doing very poorly. I am. Have you eaten rabbit? No. Has rabbit eaten you? No. But I wonder growing up why a rabbit's foot became a token of good luck. I thought that was strange. And who started that wise tale? Your fucking mom. Now, is it wives' tale or wise tale? It's wives. Is that suggesting that they're fake made-up myths that were conjured up by women who were just talking out of their ass? Is that why it's called a wives' tale? 
Well, someone point me to a woman that's not talking out of their ass at all times. Am I right, fellas? Whoa, whoa. Just joking. All right, all right. I don't really know where the origin... Excuse myself from this episode. I don't know where the origin of that phrase comes from and I'll bet our friends over at the Origin of Speaksies podcast could help us out with that. But uh, my guess would be that it comes from just tradition of passing down information that you believe to be true even if it's not. And then over time, it just becomes an old wives tale. I don't, I don't know. Why are we talking about this? So, in the time this? that you blabbered on and bored us all to death, I looked it up and they said that uh, wives tales were often meant to discourage certain behaviors in children. So, that's why they termed it that way. Things mm-hmm. that you would just make up and say to appease young children to get them to fall in line and behave. Yeah, but I think some of that stuff caught on and led to confusion to people thinking it was an actual true thing, like over several generations. Absolutely. Anyway, the rabbit, speaking of old wives' tales, maybe, not really, the rabbit is number 10, 883,000 tons produced each year. Countries that produce the most are China, Egypt, and this surprised me, North Korea. And it only surprises me because how do we even know that about North Korea? They don't give any information about their country to anyone, but what it says. Rabbit meat is high in protein and unsaturated fatty acids, making it ideal for maintaining healthy body tissues. But in the wild, rabbit hunting is accomplished with the aid of trained falcons, ferrets, or dogs, as well as with snares or other traps and rifles. A caught rabbit may be dispatched with a sharp blow to the back of its head, (laughs) a practice from... (laughs) The only reason I included this note is because of the next part. A practice from which the term rabbit punch is derived... (laughs) And it's like... I'm going to rabbit that, punch you? What does that mean? I don't know. But the very fact that like, oh, that's where rabbit punch comes from. From It comes from actually punching a fucking rabbit in the back of its head. <laughs> like, what is this fucking note? But don't you do that to so many different animals right at the top of the spinal column? Why does it have to be a rabbit? Well, maybe I mean, that's called the rabbit punch, even when you do it to other animals. I don't know. I'm not a hunter, Buster. It's dangerous to do it to any animal, including a human. Yeah. Well, not any animal, I guess. You know, if you punch a fish in the back of the head, you'd be I mean, poking its tail. So. It probably wouldn't like that either, though. No. But it would forget it again in two seconds. But it's not going to go unconscious, seizure, die, and st- be uh, roasting over a spitfire <laughs> five minutes later well, with it might. both of its feet hanging around your neck because you think they're lucky. Well, speaking of who might have made the connection to rabbits being lucky, our friends, the European explorers and settlers, those same people that killed all the buffalo. The best people. Yeah. Super friendly. Listeners of the show. They took rabbits with them to new ports around the world and brought new varieties back to Europe and England with them. But with the second voyage of Christopher Columbus in 1494, rabbits, along with goats and other livestock, were frequently released on islands to produce a food supply for later ships. And even though that makes logical sense, I had never really taken the time to think about that. What a smart-ass idea. You come, you bring some bunnies with you to the Americas, You just let them loose, knowing that they're going to fuck each other's brains out. And then the next time you come, months or years later, there's a whole bunch of new bunnies to eat. I was going to say, we know how rabbits get along, and they will definitely be providing you some consistent food source in the future. And entertainment. That's the first porn, I think. (laughs) Also, can we not glaze over the fact that people hunt rabbits with ferrets, and ferrets are typically smaller than rabbits? That is a shock to me. Ferrets are fierce, though. You were a ferret owner for a while. I love ferrets. They're super cute. Hashtag ignore the smell. That's where I was going next. They smell like shit, but I guess they uh, blend right in at your house. That's right. And they'll give you a couple rabbit's feet, so they're lucky to have around. 
So that's rabbits. I'm going to step away from rabbits and go back to the history of meat consumption on Earth. You're going to hop back on over to number nine. Give me a hint. No, I'm not going to do that, you jackass. I'm going to read some just fun facts about meat consumption. Hashtag Great. fun meat facts. This is going to be awesome. I, yep. I can't wait. Write this down on your notepad there so you don't forget. Write this down. Nope. Make a little note. Nope. Even though it is a very old industry, meat production continues to be shaped strongly by the evolving demands of customers. Even more animals not previously exploited for their meat are now being farmed, such as zebra, water buffalo, camels, crocodiles, emus, ostriches are all being explored for their plentiful meat. But for most of human history, meat was a largely unquestioned part of the human diet. It was only in the 20th century that it became a topic of discourse and contention in society, politics, and wider culture. So I guess that's implying or saying that animal rights activists and, you know, vegetarians were not around at a large scale until the 1900s. Sure, right. I think part of it is just when people start to consider what it's like for a livestock animal to go through their life to go through factory farming and to admit that that is not as great of a lifestyle as a deer that's out there living its life until one dark stormy morning, they get a pain, they fall over, and they're dead. No matter how much meat you consume, you have to admit those are two very different lives. Mm -hmm. And once we start considering the amount of animals that it takes to feed everybody and that we have to do that and it degrades the, the quality of life for animals, I think that starts pushing some individuals towards that I'm not comfortable with this anymore. And I think maybe that was kind of the one of the many spurs that started to bring a lot of attention to vegetarianism, veganism, pescatarianism, and so on. Yeah. And how about those San Antonio spurs too? <laughs> September 1978. Serial killer Rodney Alcala appears on the dating game. February 1994, 34 hospital workers are exposed to an unexplained toxic lady. March 2022, Experian emails a Los Angeles podcaster about a mysterious credit score change, completely unjustified. Wait, and did we cover that? I mean, we could have. I said it was mysterious. Okay, here's one more date. July 2018, a trailer drops for a new podcast called Ghost Town. Over 300 episodes later, we've covered everything from the Los Feliz murder house to the Noid. Ever hear of the Denver Spider-Man or the underground satanic magazine Tuesday's Child? I didn't think so. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. Available every Wednesday and Friday. Pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Ghost Town. Wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I could say creepy if it helps. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. So, why don't you give me another guess? <laughs> Number nine. Give me a hint. I'm, I'm floundering here. You still here. need hints? Come on. Okay, think well, about I don't want to guess the top three because I don't like to ruin lists. Think about flying animals. Yes. One of those is in the top three for sure, but there are other flying animals that are widely consumed. Here's a big hint. We talked about one of these animals at the top. It's like the first meat you mentioned and it's not in the top sure. three. Sure, okay. I was nervous that that might be included in the top three, but it's not. So, I'm going to say good old Thanksgiving paired combo favorite, turkey. You're right. And where do you think it is if... Rabbit is 10 and buffalo is 8. 5. Nope! God, that felt good. Oh, Jesus Christ, I felt so good. Hang on. <sighs> okay. Nope. You're wrong. It's number 6. It's turkey. I was only off by 1. That's a big 1. 
There are 5.9 million tons of turkey meat produced every year on average. Countries that produce the most is the USA by far. I'll get to that in a second. But Brazil and Germany would be the next two big countries that produce. Turkey meat, one of my personal favorites, is slightly darker than chicken meat, but it has fewer calories. What's so fucking funny? Turkey meat, my personal favorite. One of my personal favorites. You sound like the wife in the Truman Show when he's figuring it out. He's unraveling that everything is happening that doesn't quite add up and she's still trying to sell those kitchen products to him while they're <laughs> yeah. having the argument. Yeah. And he looks around and says, who the hell are you talking to? Right, exactly. That was you. Well, this whole thing has been leading up to uh, introducing today's sponsor. It's some turkey company that I can't think of. What is a turkey company? You know, uh, Oscar Mayer. That's hot dogs. They do turkey, pretty sure. Now, are hot dogs on the top 10? Hold that thought. I'm not <laughs> done with turkeys. I got plenty of hashtag Nick's notes left on turkeys. Okay, hey, Nick, a hot dog is not an animal. Now, I know <laughs> it doesn't matter to you when you ravenously eat them over trash cans in airports, <sighs> but a hot dog's not an animal. It wasn't a serious guess. I'm going to choose to disregard that statement and come back to it because I'm trying to tell you that over 41% of all turkey consumption in the entire world happens in the U.S., which is more than four times the amount consumed in the second country. Wow. The turkey is a very American thing. Do you think a lot of that is due to our Thanksgiving traditions of turkey? Yeah, probably a good chunk, but I know turkey, you can find turkey at any American restaurant, basically, like any sandwich place, any deli, pretty much any restaurant is going to have turkey options available. People love a turkey burger. Turkey burger, turkey sausage, turkey bacon. Yeah. But not their eggs. You never hear about turkey eggs, do you? And it's because, unlike chicken eggs, turkey eggs are not commonly sold as food due to the high demand for whole turkeys and lower output of eggs as compared with other fowl, not only chickens, but quail and ducks too. The value of a single turkey egg is estimated to be about $3.50 US on the open market, which is substantially more than an entire carton of one dozen chicken eggs. So that's kind of interesting, right? No sarcasm. That's incredibly interesting and something I've never even considered. If you want one turkey egg, it's going to cost more than one carton of a dozen chicken eggs. So, I don't know who out there is like shoving turkey eggs up their ass. I mean, I don't know what else you do with it, but you're paying for it. Have you ever seen a turkey egg for sale? No. I haven't either. How big are they? Don't know. Never seen one. Just said that. There's a difference between seeing one and seeing one for sale. Never seen one, Buster. You've seen a child. You've seen many children, but you've not (laughs) seen a child for sale. Correct. That's a true statement. But the statement is also true that I've not seen a turkey egg. For the listeners out there who value the real facts and empirical evidence, a turkey egg is about 1.5 times the size of a chicken egg, and it is speckled. It looks like a granite countertop. It's actually pretty. I like it. Did you want to waste any more of our valuable time on the turkey egg facts? Nope, moving on. Were you satisfied now? Okay. If anyone wants to talk turkey eggs, I guess you found your guy. You can find Buster, (laughs) and he will talk turkey eggs with you all day. I think I'm going back to school and my second PhD is going to be in turkey eggs. Oh, there it is. You just had to rub it in that you have a PhD. (laughs) Big shot Buster over here. Dr. Buster. If you didn't hear, he's a doctor, everyone. Did you know? Fucking pathetic. Yeah, my first degree is in carrying this podcast for you, so. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Right. It was around the mid-1800s when eating turkey as an American Thanksgiving tradition began, with some people crediting Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol from 1843 with bolstering the idea of turkey as a holiday meal. And Buster, I like turkey meat like on sandwiches and stuff, but I don't give a fuck about whole turkey on Thanksgiving. 
My family doesn't do that. Does yours? It's dry. It's disappointing. It's yeah. never as good as you hope it's going to be. Maybe I just grew up with crap cooks in my family, but I've never looked forward to big old slices of white turkey meat. No, me neither. No, I prefer to go ground turkey, like in some tacos or in a nice toss salad. Sorry, you're tossing who salad now? Good one. You can't throw that out there and not expect me to say something about it. Come on. You would have done the same. I knew as the phrase toss salad was coming No, sorry, you're tossing who salad? You were gonna... It's a gut reaction. It just comes out as soon as I hear the words toss salad. You're tossing who salad now? <laughs> One last thing on turkey is... Oh my God, how many notes do you have on turkey? Good you Lord. made this take longer with your obsession, your unhealthy <laughs> clinical obsession with turkey eggs. No, 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 no. The title for this episode better. It must be top 10 facts about turkey because we don't have room for anything else. <laughs> you got room for this. Gerald the turkey. Do you remember Gerald the turkey? <laughs> no, I don't know who You Gerald remember the Gerald the turkey. Is. You're a Tennis Pod Plus member, so you probably heard this and forgot. In February 2021, me and Brandon did a Tennis Pod Plus bonus episode. We talked about random news headlines, and one of them was Gerald the Angry Turkey attacking visitors of some park in California. Hmm. That's all. Look, everyone should look up Gerald the Turkey. It's a funny story and a sad story. Now, for your benefit, Buster, I will move on from turkey, but there is two other birds. Well, there's actually three other birds, but two other birds not in the top three that you should try to guess. I mentioned one of them a few minutes ago in passing. In that big list of animals you mentioned. Yeah, I'm trying to consider what was in there. Not ostrich. No, but they got some big eggs too. Do you want to talk about that for the next 10 minutes? <laughs> two more birds that aren't what everything tastes like. Quack, quack, quack. Duck. Ah, quack, quack, duh. Quack, quack. Obviously. Obviously. Man. I remember my first time being on a podcast and having every opportunity to guess one of the most obvious things on a list ever and failing. Here's a bona fide question. How many times do you estimate in your life, in your mid to early 30s, have you eaten duck? Mid to early 30s? Buster, I'm not... <laughs> 32 is mid 30s to you? I mean, you're basically 50, so... Okay. I think you're thinking of the normal sidekick host. Oh, Was your okay. question, how many times I've eaten duck? Yes. How many times have you eaten duck in your life? Zero. But I know your nasty ass has eaten a whole baby duck embryo. <laughs> well. I'm not kidding either. I may have eaten duck two or three times in my life. I think that's why I didn't even think about it. I thought you liked it though. Okay. So duck eggs, what you're referring to, like a, a Vietnamese food called baloo, that's totally different. In my mind, that comes, that comes right to the forefront. But thinking about like duck meat, you know. Yeah. I just didn't consider it. Well, consider it. Considered, because I'm considering telling you that duck is number seven on the top 10, uh, right under turkey, which was six. There's 4.8 million tons of duck meat produced each year. <laughs> and countries that produce the most duck meat include Vietnam, but also China. That's a and, good band name. And Myanmar. Yeah, you're right. I like that. Duck meat. Copper, iron, phosphorus, potassium, selenium, and zinc are among the mineral components found in every 100 grams of duck meat and skin. And if you haven't got enough duck meat, you can always eat some skin too. Hmm. Duck meat also contains vitamins B1, B2, B3, B5, B6, vitamin C, vitamin K, and other minerals. So, it's a pretty, I guess, healthy meat. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and drop a hot take here. Okay. Get ready. Put your hot take sunglasses on. Uh, the hot take is ducks are the cutest beast of any animal we'll talk about today. I put them above bunnies and rabbits. 
Yeah, I. this sounds like I'm contradicting myself because I eat almost all the other animals on this list, I'm sure. But I think one of the reasons why I don't gravitate towards eating duck, same way with squirrels, I just think they're too damn cute. I can't bring myself to do it. But I bet you eat pigs and they're pretty damn cute too. Mm-hmm. But let's not talk about pigs just yet. Let me uh, tell you what we've got so far. 10 rabbit, 8 buffalo or bison, 7 duck, and 6 turkey. Let's knock this other bird that's not in the top three off. Give me, a, give me a hint. One that's not too obvious. I was about to make its noise. Okay. It's kind of a mean bird. They're very common in America anyway. I don't know what they're like in other countries, but if you're walking around a pond in America, you'll probably see one of these birds and they're... Really? <laughs> they're Geese not are shy. on the top 10? They're in the top 10. Not, not very common in America, but in other countries, they're very popular. Number nine. Oh, wow. That is fascinating. A goose. What sound does a goose make, Buster? <laughs> no, I didn't say make... Tell me your sex Good noises. One. I said, what, what noise one. does the goose make? I'm not repeating it. The goose is number nine. Mine was better. And it's 2.7 million tons of goose meat are produced each year, mostly in China, Egypt, and Myanmar. China is the world's largest consumer of goose meat, accounting for 76% of the global consumption. Do you hear that? 76% of all goose meat is consumed in China. Yeah. Goose meat is gross, but it is high in protein and low in fat. So, that's one reason it's so popular. Now, do you only think it's gross because you've been culturally conditioned to think that? Like, if you grew up eating goose, you probably would think it's normal, just like we eat turkey or chicken. Yeah. No, you're right. You are right. Hmm. So, that's goose. They're not shy about running up to your ass and begging for food when you're coming out of a restaurant or something. Now, wait. Are you sure we're done with goose? Because I would expect at the the rate (laughs) we covered turkeys, you got at least 42 more facts. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. We got to talk about the goose eggs. Buster, how round are the eggs? How big are they? How much do they weigh? What do they look like on the inside? What do they look like on the outside? Are they pretty? Are they beautiful? Do they speckled? Do they look like kitchen counters? What else can you tell us about goose eggs? I will say that goose eggs are about twice the size of a chicken egg. They're large, ovular, ovular. And I have a funny anecdotal story. So I grew up on a bit of a hobby farm in Oklahoma. And my dad, we had geese. We had multiple geese. And my dad, one time out of curiosity, grabbed one of the goose eggs, brought it in and thought he'd boil it just like a a chicken egg to hard boil it. And I'll always remember sitting there on the couch watching TV and uh, I hear an explosion and a splash from the kitchen. Really? And as he was boiling the goose egg, the whole thing just exploded. So I guess you cannot hard boil a goose egg. And Lesson you lived learned. to tell about it. I did. So we never tried again, huh? Nope. That was, that was a one and done experience in our household. Yeah. That's the second time we brought up your dad recently. Again, we should do a bonus episode on him. Hell of an ass on him. We should interview my dad as a bonus episode. <laughs> God damn it. Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> People that know your dad. Uh, there's a few listeners out there that know us and know your dad. And I'm sure they're loving the thought of us interviewing your dad right now. All right, that's the goose. And if you don't give another guess, I'm going to give you a goose egg right on top of your head. I was hoping you'd threaten to goose me because don't threaten me with a good time. Oh, baby. All right, so we're All out right. of the flying animals other yep. than one in the top three. Give me some hints for four and five. Four and five here. Yeah, four and five are, they make uh, similar animal noises. Like think about, you know, Ronald, Mc, not Ronald McDonald. Think about old McDonald's farm. If you're reading a children's picture book, what noises you might make for some of these animals. Can you tell I read Old MacDonald to my kids sometimes? I thought that's what you read for yourself. 
The new Stephen King old McDonald book's really great. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say I'm drawing a blank. It's going to be so obvious when we say it. Bah. Bah. Oh, sheep, yeah. Of course, lamb. Lamb. What number? Which is also sad, and I'm going to guess lamb's coming in at number four. You got it. Booyakasha. <laughs> Booyakasha. Buster, congratulations. Maybe you really are a doctor after all. There are 9.9 million tons of lamb meat produced every year, enough to put it at number four on this list. The countries that produce it the most are China, Australia, and our friends in New Zealand. Lamb meat is derived from sheep that are slaughtered between the tender ages of one month and one year old, which is sad. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> have you had lamb before? I have, but only a handful of times maybe in my entire life. So you're a fucking monster that eats children. It's funny, you know, whether we kill them and consume them when they're a baby or they're an adult, it's the same amount of suffering, right? It's just something about it when they're still a child or when they're still a little baby lamb, they don't, they don't get the chance to live their full life perspective. But there's probably some listeners who are like, hey, guys, what's the big deal? Whether they're one month old or 20 years old, in the end, they get whacked on the back of the head and get put on a burger. They get the old rabbit punch right in the back they of the- They get rabbit slapped. <laughs> but it's true what you say, but it's true for people too. I have a much easier time listening to, you know, reading a news headline about an adult being killed versus a child. It's just the way it is. And in fact... I suppose that's true because we like to console ourselves and think that even if that animal wasn't able to roam in the wild, perhaps they had a good long life in which they got to run around on their own field metaphorically and physically and enjoy their time before <laughs> that dark, cold afternoon came when they were hurried into the barn. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but for me, and I've talked to others like this, if I'm watching, a, like I watch a lot of horror movies, as you know, see a lot of people die. I've seen a lot of people die on camera and I can deal with it no problem. But if an animal is being killed, especially like a dog or a cat, I cannot, well, I have to look away. Yeah. Which is funny, right? Sure, right. Sure. Anyway, sheep meat <laughs> is also known as mutton, like what Jerry Seinfeld stuffs in his coat pockets in that one Seinfeld episode. Can't get enough of this mutton. Although in South Asian and Caribbean cuisine, mutton is often used to refer to goat meat instead. And you should hang on to that. Store that in your back pocket. The European Union is the world's largest lamb consumer and importer with Australia and New Zealand accounting for 99% of all lamb imported. Did you hear that? 99% of all lamb imported to the European Union comes from Australia and New Zealand. Wow. They're lamb crazy out there. I mean, I do associate that part of the world with a lot of sheep, but I guess to hear the facts like that laid out, it's impressive. And you know why? Because everyone out there listening is a sheep. Am I right? Speaking of, <laughs> the leg of lamb roast is considered Australia's national dish. So isn't that special? The leg of lamb roast. Did I stutter? When I hear leg of lamb soup, I know we're going to reference goat here in a sec. All I can think about is Jurassic Park when the leg falls on the top of the car and they look up and scream. <laughs> yeah. I thought of that too when you said like a lamb. Hmm. Stuff that sticks with you. It's interesting. It is. Also, we can do a whole episode on that. Let's not. One more dish I have for you. Would you try this? Popular in Middle Eastern cuisine as both a cold cut and in preparation like stews is lamb tongue. A lamb tongue cold cut. Ugh, gives me the willies buster. A food that eats you right back. 
<laughs> now, I would say, ew, gross, no. But I was raised in a household with a, an old school cowboy who served me on multiple occasions cow tongue, and I no. just thought it was normal meat back then. Now we know what's wrong with you. Yep. Did you eat cow balls too, or a bull testicles? I never had Rocky Mountain oysters despite living out in Colorado for six years. I never did. And I'm glad that I didn't. Yep. Even though I know people say they're good. Yep. I'd rather you hang bull testicles from your truck than eat them. But don't do either of them. I just, I cannot imagine. All right. You just have one left outside the top three because we're saving the top three for last. So what is it? Number five. Yeah. Are you going you gonna to goat me into guessing it? <laughs> I would never goat you into guessing goat. The number five most consumed meat in the world, with 6.2 million tons produced each year, mostly in China, India, and Pakistan. It is the leanest red meat available. And when they say available, I take it they mean available to murder and feed you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how discomforted are you when you make eye contact with a goat in person? <laughs> uh, eight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty high. I love them. I love them when they're young. Little baby goats. Nothing cuter, prancing around and, bah! but then at some point they look like a dog and a sheep mated and then that creation smoked meth for about six years and that's a goat. <laughs> I mean, if, if you, the listener, haven't looked up a goat's eyes in a while, eyeballs, look it up. I'll look it up now to remind myself. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm Google imaging goat eyes. It's like a cat eye, but turned sideways. Oh yeah. Neat. Neat, but no. I like it. From the side, it looks really cool, artistic, and neat. And then when you look at them from the front, I want to get out of my house and run away down the street. That's the last time we see Dr. Buster if he ever comes <laughs> close to a goat. Yeah, I get committed to a mental institution and all I can keep saying is, goat eyes, goat because eyes. Because you looked at the goat eyes. <laughs> Tennis podcast, goat eyes. Well, that's Number okay. five. I'm fine with you ending up at a mental institution if it means you spreading the word about Tennis Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so get this. One study shows that a portion of goat meat has 122 calories, which is significantly less than beef and chicken. It, like I said, it's the leanest red meat out there. It has just recently begun to appear on restaurant menus in the United States. Culinary names, actually, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Siobhan, a blend of uh, Shavir, meaning goat, and Mutan, meaning sheep, hmm. which was coined in 1922 and selected by a trade association, and it was adopted by the U.S. Department of Agriculture in 1928. And it's because, according to market research, consumers in the U.S. prefer saying Siobhan to goat meat, <laughs> which, surprise. Yeah, you know, I'm now thinking for the first time, maybe we have these exterior alternative names, like, what'd you call Siobhan? Yeah. Instead of goat meat and venison for deer, just to give people Button. eating meat who don't want to face the reality one added degree of separation from the whole process. I would not be surprised to learn that's the whole, the whole point. It's beef, not cow meat. It's mutton, not baby sheep. Yeah. You just said one of them. You want to go ahead and talk about beef? It's what's for dinner. What number? You just have one, two, and three left. All right, in the world, we're talking across the whole world, beef, I'm going number one. Final answer? Yes. Hang on, I got to do a quick search for a sound effect of a buzzer going, uh, give, give me a minute. I'm going to insert that in right here. Beef is number three in the top 10. 
Damn, three. And there's a good reason for it. You'll remember, I think, once I say something, you'll remember why it's probably lower. So, even though it's number three, get this. Ah, yes, they're sacred in certain countries. Exactly, and illegal, in fact, in some. Beef, there's 68 million tons produced each year, which is almost seven times what the number four meat is produced. Number four, which was lamb, 9.9 million produced each year. Beef, 68 million. So, these top three are firmly in the top three. Man, people really get in a habit with their slaughter. Countries that produce the most meat are the USA, Brazil, and China. Cows, bulls, heifers, and steers can all be used to produce beef. In different places throughout the world, its acceptance as a food source varies. The slaughter of cattle is currently illegal in most of India, Nepal, as well as Cuba. Mm. So you can't even produce beef there legally. Sure, it happens, but not supposed to. When a bull is butchered in various parts of the world, nothing is wasted. The entire body is eaten from the head to the feet. And its testicles. Everything is eaten. Testicles and all. Yep. Nothing's wasted. Beef can be produced in various ways. Cuts are often used for steak, which can be cooked to varying degrees of doneness, which I like that word, while trimmings are often ground or minced, as found in most hamburgers. Along with other kinds of red meat, high consumption of beef is associated with an increased risk of cancer and coronary heart disease, especially when that red meat is processed. Mm. Which is funny because beef has been in the human diet for thousands of years, maybe millions. Too much of it can be bad for your health. Sure. Everything in moderation. People have been consuming alcohol since before history and civilization began, but too much of it will wreck you a whoopsie poopsie. (laughs) Wreck you a whoopsie poopsie. There's a quote for your tombstone. (laughs) Beef also has a high environmental impact, being a primary driver of deforestation with the highest greenhouse gas emissions of any agricultural product. Brandon, can you put that... Sorry, not Brandon. Buster, can you put that in layman's terms for us? What do they mean by highest greenhouse gas emissions? Are you there? Yes. (laughs) You going to say it? No. Are you cueing me to say something? Yes. Oh, no. What do they mean when they say beef has high greenhouse gas emissions? A lot of poots. A lot of poots. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. A lot of cow poots going on. A lot of rooting and tooting and pooting and scooting. (laughs) There's so many cows. I thought you were legit referring to some statistical phenomenon I was supposed to know the name of. No, I wanted you to just say in regular human speak, what they mean by high greenhouse gas emissions for beef, and what they mean is just a whole lot of Putin going around. Why hell, bub, they out there tooting and snorting and... (laughs) Imagine, humans love their beef so much that there's so many cows around the whole world that it is destroying our own planet (laughs) because of the poots. Oh, yes. Something else. Added to that checklist of horrible atrocities we had talked about earlier. Well, speaking of poots... There's another animal in the top 10, top two, in fact, that I think poots quite a bit as well. What animal is that? Yeah. And you can imagine a full body jiggle every time it <laughs> puts out a forced poot. A full body jiggle. <laughs> can you just imagine a pig from the side view staring, maybe chewing on something, staring at the fence, and it goes to squeeze out a poot and it does a full like body jiggle and just keeps going it's not squeezing it out buster it just falls out of a pig pig doesn't even know it's happening 
Yeah, you just hear a... (laughs) Like all day, every day. And we're putting that animal in our bodies at alarming rates. But I need you to guess, is it the number one or number two animal we eat most? Man, I'm gonna say number two. The pig. Porky Pig himself is giving us his body the same way Christ gave his body unto us before he was crucified. The same way Porky Pig is doing that for us. He's number two. Pork is the number two meat with 110 million tons produced each year. 110 million tons for pork compared to 68 million tons for beef, which was number three. So almost double for pork. They couldn't even give the meat a flattering pseudoname. Oh, what's that? Pork. Pork. (laughs) I'm eating pork. (laughs) Pork is a very (laughs) versatile meat. Yeah, I was just about to say, then they refine it. They say, oh, it's bacon, it's Mm -hmm. sausage, brats. Yep, other stuff too. But the countries that produce the most pork is China by far, followed by the United States and then Germany. Now, pork is a good choice for food service since it is a cost-effective meat to produce. It's high in protein and like we were just saying, it is very adaptable. Now, evidence of pig husbandry which doesn't mean marrying pigs, although I'm sure that happened too. It actually means domesticating, raising pigs for slaughter. I think I had that definition right. That dates back to 5000 BC at least. But some religions and cultures prohibit pork consumption, notably Islam and Judaism. Mm, okay. So even, you know, there's millions of Jews in the world and Islamic people. Despite, you know, a good chunk of the human population not being allowed to eat pork, pork is still way up here at number two. Well, right, but if you can't consume beef in India, and I think India has roughly one-eighth, one-ninth of the world's population, that's also a significant number. So now I'm seeing how number one truly came to be number one. Mm -hmm. It's not on anybody's no-no list. Now, are hot dogs pork? Usually. They are. Not always. They're they're sometimes beef. You can have chicken or turkey hot dogs too, but I think the most common hot dog is pork. Like without a qualifier before the word hot, it's pork. And it's guess. like all the leftover ground up combination pieces of the pig that weren't used in other cuts, right? That's my understanding. It's the but toilet really, bowl. If we, if we want an expert on this, we should really wait till Brandon's back. No, that would be you. Hey bro, do you even tweet? Well, do you tick? Do you talk? This is a quick Call to action to you tickers and talkers out there to follow us on your favorite social media platform. It's pretty easy. Our handle on pretty much every social platform is TennisPod. You can follow us on Twitter at TennisPod. Follow us on Instagram at TennisPod. Join our official subreddit managed by listeners like you at r slash TennisPod. Our subreddit is the first place to watch a visual snippet of the next week's episode before anywhere else. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash tennispodcast. There, you can find curated playlists of full episodes, all of our one-minute visual snippets, video podcasts, and more. And last but not least, yes, introducing the Tennis Podcast TikTok. That's right, I'm on there with no clue what the fuck I'm doing, competing for your attention against other whippersnappers. You can join me on this weird journey on TikTok at tennispod. And by the way, direct links to all of our social medias are in the show notes for this episode. Social media is the best place to interact with me and our various sidekick hosts. So stop being an anti-social jerk and socialize your ass on over to Tennis Podcast. Oh, and one last small thing. 
If you get annoyed of ads like this one, uh, just know that Tennis Pod Plus members, they skip every single ad on every single episode. I'm just saying. Let's get back to the episode. Speaking of experts, I know you're not an expert on this list considering how much hand-holding you've needed to get this far, but that said, I'll bet you could still guess number one. Uh, Howler Monkeys? You got it. I knew you could do it. No, good old everything tastes like chicken. Numero uno. Give me a chicken noise. (laughs) The country that supplies the most chicken, the USA. God bless America. Oh, let's just pause for a quick pledge of <laughs> a quick pledge of allegiance. <laughs> the number one at producing the number one eating meat. I mean, can you say top dog or what? God bless them. So here's a question. Can we not make July 4th every day of the year? I mean, I'd be totally in favor of Murrican. America in it up every day of the year. Hmm. I'll write my local representative. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Now, chicken flesh, as they put it, (laughs) which makes it a little less appetizing. Chicken flesh is a very nutritious food element that is easy to access, i.e. kill. It's inexpensive. It tastes nice and has a soft texture, much like your fucking ass. (laughs) (laughs) estimated 8 billion chickens consumed in America each year. You talk to all of your guest hosts like this? Absolutely not. Did you hear what I said there? Estimated 8 billion chickens in the U.S. alone consumed. I haven't been listening to you for about the past 40 minutes. Should we start over or? No, we should not start over. Okay. If we start over, I might go find a bridge to jump off of. So we will not start (laughs) over. Wait, wait, wait. There aren't any alternative words for chicken meat, is there? No. It's just chicken. That's interesting, huh? Yeah, it's just chicken. And what's funny about that is, you know, I'm sure this is not unique to my household, but when my kids were kids, well, they're still kids, but you know what I mean? When they were younger, they did not connect that the chicken animal was the same chicken nuggets that they were eating. You know what I mean? Like, despite it being the same word, that there's a disconnect there. That's fair though. I, I just feel like there are so many things when I was growing up I did not connect that are so obvious in hindsight, but I think that's uh, right out of the mouth of babes. It's their cute innocence. Yep. Speaking of babes, we ate his ass too back at number two report. <laughs> now, according to a recent survey from 2021, chicken has a carbon footprint that is almost half that of pork, a quarter that of beef, and nearly a seventh that of lamb per kilogram ingested. Hmm. So, chicken is a very uh, carbon-friendly food source or meat source. It is. Still a lot of animal suffering in factory farming, but when you're talking about emissions alone, sounds more ethical. And again, when we talk about emissions, we're talking about poots. Talking about rooting and tooting. (laughs) Now, again, much like Dr. Buster's ample ass, chicken can be prepared in a vast range of ways, including baking, grilling, barbecuing, frying, and boiling. I thought you were going to talk about breasts and thighs and legs. (laughs) No, I'm saying that just like Mm. we can do this to your ass, we can grill your ass, boil your ass, fry your ass, you can do that to chickens too. Well, can't you do that to pig? Can't you barbecue pork? Can't you grill it and... Bacon but we're not talking and... about those right now. We're talking about chicken. I'm just saying. I'm not going backwards. That note applies to many of the animals on this list. I think that's a bad note. Well, it's a hashtag Nick's note. Can't be that bad. But I'm going to make you and everyone else out there think twice about eating your next chicken from what I'm about to say. Okay. I eat chicken a lot. So this is not good news for me either. 
In a random surveys of chicken products across the U.S. in 2012, so this is 10 years ago, but I'll bet it's no better now, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine found that 48% of chicken samples contain fecal matter. This is chicken meat samples contain fecal matter. In fact, on most commercial chicken farms, so think of your Tyson chicken, things like that, the chickens spend their entire life standing in, lying in, and living in their own manure. Again, much like Dr. Buster. But with slaughter lines processing up to 140 birds per minute, safety inspectors do not have adequate time to properly examine visible fecal matter. And in fact, the USDA is allowing some to process at unlimited line speeds, in other words, in in excess of the more standard 140 birds per minute, further exacerbating the fecal contamination issue. So if I'm going to summarize all that, about 48% of any chicken meat you eat could have feces in it, and it's because these chicken farms are slaughtering chickens at such a fast rate, they don't have the time or the means to watch for visible feces in chicken meat. You're welcome. That is so sad. You're welcome, everyone. And disturbing. And haunting. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks the way chickens are treated. Yeah. And I don't have the answer because there are so many humans to feed and so many people. And I, I know many people are saying, oh, well, the solution is right in front of you. Don't eat the meat. But, you know, you can't convince the whole world to stop eating chicken tomorrow. And in the meantime, what are we going to do? Well, it's just, oh, man, that's hard. I think an argument would be you can still eat the chicken meat, but you need to farm them humanely. Give them sure, right. Buy from. That's a, that, that is a great point. Buy from farms, get your chicken meat locally from farms in which you know the chickens were ethically raised. Not just chicken meat, but chicken eggs too. Sure, yeah. And same could be said for any of the animals on this list, actually. It's a good PSA near the end here that, you know, if you source locally, you have a bit more control and a bit more conscious that the animals are being treated at least a little bit better. If not, you could say humanely and fairly. Yeah, hopefully. One last thing about chickens. The United Nations estimates there's at least 19 billion chickens on Earth today, making them, meaning that chickens outnumber humans more than two to one. 19 billion chickens. So if chickens could just smarten their asses up like the robots in Terminator, we're fucked. Yeah, they would overrun us pretty quickly. Unfortunately, we cage them and make them stand for their whole existence so that they can eventually die so we can eat them. So they can end up in a KFC bucket. A bucket of chicken. Well, on that uplifting note, Buster. Yeah, thanks for really inspiring us and instilling optimism about tomorrow's generation with your chicken facts. You're absolutely welcome. I'm going to go back through those top 10 that you didn't hardly guess any of them. I very much gave you most of them. But uh, anyway, the top 10. It was a difficult list. I struggled. The top 10 most consumed meats in the world, ranked by their global production. Number 10 is the cute little bunny rabbit. Which is where, which when you hit a bunny in the back of the head, that's where the term rabbit punch comes from, if you didn't know. The goose is number nine. The buffalo, also known as the bison, is number eight. The duck quack, quack, is number seven. Number six is turkey. Number five is the goat. Number four is lamb or sheep. Number three is beef. Number two is pork. And number one, firmly number one, is chicken. Excellent. Buster, are you hungry? No. I don't think I'll be eating for a whole day after this. (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of a depressing list, isn't it? Somewhat. I could have made it worse. Now, to top us off here, 
What would you say, uh, just looking at them, not thinking about the way they're treated and raised in factory farming per se, but just the animal themselves, their mannerisms and how they look and how they act, which of the animals on this list are you most comfortable eating and which are you least comfortable consuming? Okay, so we're taking completely out of the equation of this question, how they're treated in farming. Sure, just yeah. just their mannerisms, how they walk, Just talk, them as a physical and animal. Quack yeah. And, yeah. The one I want to eat least is... I don't know. There's something about the lamb that's always bothered me. The baby lamb? Well, there's that, but also they're covered in wool, which I know there's meat under the wool, obviously, but still just visibly, I don't want a bunch of wool. (laughs) And number one, I'd probably, and the duck too, I'd say, just because they're so goddamn cute. I don't want to eat it. Um, Number one, I guess I'd go with beef, but only because I'm so used to eating cows, you know? Mm. Although if I knew the cow, which happened, you know, My wife, her parents live on a farm. Well, not a farm. They live on land and they have some animals. They have some cows. And we were eating cow beef one night. This is years ago before we were married. And Ashley found out it was one of the cows she knew and got very upset about it. So, there's this disconnect humans have. We've been kind of talking about it off and on this whole episode where if you don't know anything about the animal, you don't ask questions and it's just put in front of you, you can eat it no problem. But if you, even, if you have even seen that animal walking around for a second beforehand, you have a much harder time eating it. Yeah. So. It's something I think people could stand to think about just a little bit more than they do right now. And maybe they'd eat less meat. I'm not pushing any sort of dietary restrictions up on anyone. I eat meat. I eat meat probably every single day. But it's a consideration I like to remind myself of to stare at the animal and connect. And you know, I live here in central Wisconsin and I'm trying more and more to rely more on venison use actually hunted deer meat in the area so I can get away from factory farming because it's been bugging my conscience for, man, a decade now. You're one of those hippies, ain't you? I don't have any good solutions, but it's an interesting consideration and I think it's something that our generation and the generation coming up next is going to talk a lot about. Yeah, well, like I said near the top of the episode, this wasn't even a thing. Like this question of, do we need all this meat? How is this meat produced? All those questions, that wasn't a thing really until the... uh 20th century. So, to your point, it will increase in conversation as generations go on, especially as um, we look at there's all kinds of research being done now for creating new food sources, like manufacturing meat that's not from an animal. Mm. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Sam Harris. And recently he was detailing how close they're getting to wide scale production of lab meat. So, they replicated the protein cells. They replicated actual, like one piece of beef from a cow that used to be alive, and they can take that one steak and replicate it into millions of steaks. And so you are reducing the amount of suffering and harm, but it's not like it's vegetables. It's not a complete replacement. It is still meat. It's just lab meat. And I think there's an uncanny valley people are going to have to cross. Many of us have an initial knee-jerk, maybe disgusting revulsion to that. Oh my God, I I would never eat lab meat, but I think that's going to get more and more common, substitutes like that. Meanwhile, the same people that say they would never eat lamb meat are eating like fucking spam out of a can and Vienna (laughs) sausages and shit. But Mm, mm, Vienna sausages. Yeah, where's that in the top 10, am I right? (laughs) Uh, Well, we can't end this episode without doing Dr. Buster's favorite thing of the week. And that is where I read podcast reviews. Okay, speaking of meat, here we go. I got some good ones for you. We got some meat on the bone. If you're new to the show, every week I read reviews from listeners just like you. And this first one comes from 
Manish B on Apple Podcasts. I think I knew a Manish B in high school. Good one. They say, immediately funny and love the jabs between hosts Nick and Brandon. Brandon's not here, but hopefully they love the uh, many jabs I've gotten in on you. The many rapid punches I've gotten in on you this episode. Brandon, we miss you. Man- Manish B says, uh, continues, I jumped in with the Apex Predators list and had some great laughs and learned stuff along the way. Definitely a subscriber after that. And that's one of my favorite episodes uh, where me and Brandon covered the top 10 Apex Predators. I do remember that episode. It's a pretty good one. Kind of timely since we're talking animals today. Although you don't, I don't think we eat any predators, do we? Not many. Yeah. No. I've heard somewhere, I think that was maybe in Sapiens, that there's a part of it that bothers us. Hmm. Like a psychological I forget what it was. There's like an evolutionary component to why we don't eat predators. And they don't like to eat us either. It could be that humans, like, you know, humans hunted animals since the very beginning of human history. And the animals they killed were much less often predatory animals and much more often, you know, sure. weaker deer. So, just over time, you evolve to just keep killing what you are comfortable killing. And I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it. But anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about podcast reviews. And Manish B, I'd like to thank you for yours. We have one more here from Bad Hairy Day Cavemen, which is again timely because we're talking about cavemen hunting animals. So, that's cute. Hey, Buster, I need you to get ready for this uh, Shakespearean-like review. Ready? I am fully prepared. I'm going to read it verbatim as it's listed. Okay. Do you like list? I like list. I'm a sucker for list. End of review. How many stars? <laughs> Five. Great. <laughs> so I guess I'll fucking take it. Love it. Best review I've ever heard. And you know what? Bad Harry Day Caveman, I also like list. So thank you for that review. And by the way, you can write anything you want in your review. If you rate us five stars, I don't give a fuck. Write whatever you want and I'll read it on a future episode. If you want to do that, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, on podchaser.com, or on the Good Pods app. Leave a review there and I'll get to it. Now, I will say on the topic of animals, one of the early Tennis Podcast episodes that came out years ago that's still on my mind because I loved it so much is the strongest animals on earth. I think about that a lot, especially all the fun facts you all talked about with the dung beetle. Yeah. I mean, hilarious, but I remember that. man, just super impressive as well. It's funny that you can talk about an episode being years ago and you're not wrong. That, that episode, I don't remember what number it is, but I want to say in like you know, definitely the first half of our lifetime. It was years ago. So, we've been going on five years with this pod. It's crazy. No, no, no. Four years with uh, this pod. Still. Well, there you go. There you so go. So long, you're forgetting how long it's been. Yeah. And hopefully, this will be the last time you're here to sabotage it. Well, after thinking and talking this much about meat consumption, maybe I will not return. <laughs> I know you'll be back. And I want to thank you for being here, Buster. Sincerely, I want to thank you to the listeners for being here with us. Hope you learned a thing or two about all that meat you're stuffing into your mouth and maybe other orifices in your body. And yeah, Buster, anything else you want to say to the fine folks at home before we go? Do you want to eat them? Do you want to eat their meat? I'm going to go take a shower, I think. (laughs) I need it. Great. I need to be cleansed emotionally, ethically, spiritually, and physically. Definitely physically, for sure. Underline that. Physically cleansed, please and thank you. Hey, quick interruption here. I wanted to give a quick shout out to a new podcast I've been listening to. It's called the Food for Thought Podcast. It's a podcast about everything, whether it be history or science, literature or mathematics, mythology and philosophy. 
This is a podcast about learning and applying knowledge in a practical way. You can listen to Food for Thought now on any podcast app or check the show notes of this episode for a direct link. Quick shout out to uh, something I don't mention very often, but I want to remind you that if you're listening to the show and if you'd actually prefer to read the episodes instead of listen to them, maybe you're in a hurry or maybe you are hard of hearing, you can actually read full word-for-word transcripts on our website, tennispod.com. Every episode, I have uh, some volunteers that transcribe our episodes, so they're pretty accurate and they're searchable too. So you could search for the phrase rabbit punch in this episode and it will take you directly to that part of the episode in text where you can read and listen from that point. So if you're interested in transcripts of our episode, just go to tennispod.com, click on one of the episode pages, and about halfway down that page, there'll be a transcript. There's something so funny to me about your crew transcribing these episodes when we're bullshitting and saying absolutely ridiculous things, but they still have to get it accurate because they're transcribing it. wonder if they ever laugh themselves or if it's just part of the routine and they just go over the words butthole and poots and <laughs> they just keep typing away like it's just another day at the office. I don't know, but I'd like to think that maybe when they're working away, you know, half paying attention, just typing and going, moving on, hopefully we can bring in a smirk or two to their face during that recording. That'd make me feel good. Eating that turkey bacon. <laughs> right. Well, from our turkey bacon to yours, appreciate you listening. I'll be back next week with episode 174. And in fact, we're going to have a return guest sidekick host and it is Brad Choma. Episode 164, he was on talking about the most disastrous states. His Canadian ass will be back next week and I have a list for him. So be sure to check that out. Love it. Can't wait. All right. Thank you, Buster. You bet. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.